All right, well, let's jump in. Let's jump right in. I hope you like props this morning because I got a prop right here. You've probably been looking at it all morning. It's a yoke. I don't know if you can see it. If not, I got a kind of a picture of one here, uh, more or less. We got a yoke uh, type thing going on here. Um, anyone know anything about yokes? A few people, maybe. Uh, yes, I did not. I mean, I knew the concept of generally a yoke, what it was, but I learned about it this week. It's a simple tool that you put on an animal that helps you be able to direct the animal where you want it to go and also for them to pull something along. And I have to be honest with you, I spent way, way too much time this week trying to think of puns that involve the word yoke. Um, and I really didn't get any that were any good. So um, if this pastor thing doesn't work out, comedian's not going to work out for me either. So I'm going to take that off. I couldn't think of any puns. So if you know of any, you can tell me later. Um, somebody say one. No yokes. No, no funny yokes today. So no, sorry. It's <laughs> so anyway, um, we're going to talk about yokes today. I want to talk about, uh, for one second, um, farmers. Farmers. See, I, I was born in a city of 8 million people. We moved to West Lafayette, an apartment when I was little. I've lived in Boston and Detroit and Virginia Beach and other big cities. I love cities. I'm comfortable in cities. That's where I find life and joy and excitement. Um, and the more I read Scripture, the more I realize the authors of Scripture use farm and agriculture imagery a lot, including Jesus himself, to talk about spiritual truths. And not being from that life background, even growing up in Indiana, I'm thankful for Wikipedia, let's be honest, that I can get some answers to some of these things. But I'm also thankful for life together with farmers who understand these images and make sense of what Scripture and what Jesus has to say about some of these things that he says. And so today's sermon, that's all to say, today's sermon is much less, hey, this is what Pastor Ara learned this week, and it's more, this is what the community of believers can help us understand about following Jesus. Today we're looking at Matthew 11:28 through 30. I gave you 47 verses last week. We'll just do three this week. We'll make it quick, all right? Take my yoke upon you, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Matthew eleven twenty eight 28 through 30. So when I got here a year and a half ago, I promised you I, I, I'll give you many things and nothing less than authenticity in what I think and what I, what I say. So let's be honest about our passage for today. This passage that I'm going to read in a moment doesn't make any sense. It doesn't make any sense. Jesus is going to tell us that we should wear his yoke if we're tired, because we can find rest with it. We'll be less burdened, less tired, less weary, and it will allow us to learn from him. And so I look at this yoke right here, this nice big heavy yoke. You can come pick it up later. This is big thanks to Mike, by the way, for bringing this from Delphi, all the way from Delphi. Ugh. What about this looks less tired, less burdened, less weary? Anything? Evan, okay, good. So the nice thing about this Yes. And therefore, it's the oxen that's the one that's tired. That's fair, but if you are being in there, that's the, right? That's going to be the thing. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, see? That's, <laughs> that's fair, though. You're not wrong. I'll give you that. Whew. Right? That doesn't look very uh, non-burdensome to me. Right? That doesn't look very non-weary to me. And so Jesus says this, hey, if you take my yoke, you'll be less tired. I'd like to be less tired, you know, but, but involves taking up a yoke? I don't know. And Matthew, he wrote these words from Jesus' lips. He doesn't do much explaining either. He says, take Jesus' yoke. Yep, do it. Take it. Go. It'll be good for you. Uh, okay, thanks, Matthew. I mean, a little more? Anything? Something? 
Right? Maybe Matthew needed a moment too. Maybe Matthew was wrestling with it just as I was this week. Like, man, taking up this yoke is going to help me. So what I've found in my life when I'm faced with a passage that I don't really know or understand or doesn't really make sense, I don't need more word studies or commentaries or language breakdowns. I just need to try and do what Jesus said. And it turns out he's right, you know, 100% of the time. The Good Samaritan is a great example of that. I can study all I want about loving my neighbor and doing this and doing that, but until I go and love my neighbor, I'll not understand the fullness of what Jesus is getting at in that moment. Today we look at words and ideas about taking a yoke from Jesus that doesn't sound very easy, doesn't sound like it's going to remove a lot of burden from me, but until I take that yoke and actually do it, I'm not going to learn from Jesus and what he's saying and what he's doing. Life together, which is the theme that we've been talking about this year, is found in being yoked to Jesus, or yoked by Jesus, or yoked with Jesus, or yoked alongside Jesus, whatever word you want to use there, because we'll talk about all those different things this morning. The Savior of the world comes and he says, come and be yoked to a better yoke, a life-giving yoke, and allow me to place that on you this morning. Let me pray as we begin. Lord, we thank you for this word, and as we wrestle with it this morning, as you spoke it, Jesus, as Matthew delivered it, open our hearts, Holy Spirit, to learn from you, that we may learn what it means to be yoked. We thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. So I put the, uh, the, the cart ahead of the horse there. It's a pun. <laughs> ah, there you go. See, I threw one in there. Um, so let's read the passage first, and then we'll talk about it. Matthew eleven twenty eight through 30. Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Jesus speaking, of course. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Here's the question we're going to answer today, or try to answer. What does it mean to take Jesus' yoke? What does it mean to take Jesus' yoke? So I did something stupid this week, admittedly. My son's probably like, just one thing. It's like, yes, just this one, right? (laughs) Um, Friday's my day off. I try to get my slides into Babby by then, and she gets them on there, and it's done. And I'm like, okay, so Friday's my Sabbath, and I've t- shared before, I like you know, being alone. That recharges me so I can be present with people. So Friday, I had this day plan. I was going to Indy. I was going to do a few things down there I was excited to do. And as I'm driving down to Indy, um, I, God said to me very clearly, he says, hey, you're going to stand in front of 150 people. You're going to tell them, hey, you need to take Jesus' yoke. Have you taken my yoke? Ara, have you taken my yoke? You're going to tell other people to do it. Have you done it? <laughs> Dang it, Jesus. It's my day off. <laughs> I'm going, you, know, you should have told me this on Thursday. You know? you know, I believe Jesus is the Son of God who died and rose again. Is that taking his yoke? Is, is there more to it than that? You know, I've, I've moved my family across the country several times at the call of Jesus. Big moves. Pack everything up and cry a lot of tears moves. Is that taking the yoke of Jesus? I'm positive I was taking Jesus' yoke when I did that. I mean, that was big. I mean, that was like, oh, yeah. But what about the day-to-day? Am I eager to take Jesus' yoke on a random Thursday in September? Am I eager to take Jesus' yoke when I feel like, hey, things are fine? I got this, Jesus. I, you know, take the yoke back. I'm good for today. You know, easy day today, half day. And when things get hard, uh, Jesus, you know, yoke me. I need help. Help me out here. This is all to say it's an imperfect process. It's an imperfect process to take Jesus' yoke. And so I have an imperfect sermon this morning that hopefully reveals God's goodness about what it means to take Jesus' yoke, because I'm still learning about it. So let's learn about it together. 
So yokes, yokes are simple tools of farming that have been used for generations, predating Jesus, of course. They were so commonplace for people in the biblical times, Jesus can use this illustration, obviously, with not a lot of explanation, and people would grasp what he was saying, or at least begin to wrestle with it a little bit. There's, there's a single yoke, which you can yoke one animal to something, or a double yoke, where the yoke is connected to a couple animals together, and in that sense, the stronger would encourage the weaker one to work together in whatever they're pulling or plowing. Now, in both cases, the person doing the, yoke, uh, the, the yoking and, and walking the, would stand beside the animal. So here's a little picture. Um, I'm going to just call this person the caretaker for the sake of the sermon this morning. This caretaker would walk alongside and lead and guide the animals. And they did that a couple ways. First was by touch. You see this person's holding a stick. I'll, I'll move out the way. And like a tiny whip. And they would touch the, the front of the animal to get them to, to, to stop, actually. And the back of the animal, I believe I got this right, to get them to move forward. And if they wanted to turn to the right, they would literally just push their body into the animal and say, let's turn this way, we're going this way. And if they wanted to go left, they would open up their body and say, follow me this way. And so this animal that is yoked at the mercy of the caretaker would listen and follow. But there was also voice commands as the animal learned the voice of the caretaker. Stop. He, uh, hem and haw, those types, left and right, right? I learned that this week. Uh, left and right, those types of things that, that happen as you go this way and that way. And they would learn the voice and start following the caretaker. So the yoke was used as a method to hook up to, obviously, equipment, but also to keep the vision of the animal in one place. That they weren't looking this way or that way, but they were able to focus and understand the orders of the caretaker. To see a yoked animal who was in the moment of yoking they must put their trust in their caretaker, that the touch and the voice of the caretaker, that they know what to do next. I would be terrified to try and yoke an animal like this, right? And that animal would probably be terrified to take a yoke from me, because I don't know what I'm doing. So a good place to start this morning, I think, is what does it mean to be yoked? It's this, to involves trust and obedience. To take a yoke from Jesus involves trust and obedience, that we develop a trust in God and in Jesus. John 14, 1, Jesus says, Do not let your hearts be troubled. You trust in God, trust also in me. Trust in me. Hand in hand with trust is obedience, that we are obedient to Jesus and what he says. That we step faithfully into what he's calling us to, listen to his voice commands and his touch as he leads us. And also to this, let me add one thing. This was my Friday revelation, right? To be yoked to Jesus is also to be able to receive rebuke and correction from Jesus. When things are do, we're doing things we shouldn't be doing. To take the yoke of Jesus is to be corrected by him. To be corrected by God the Father as well. Hebrews calls it being disciplined by God. Hebrews 12, 7, and 8. God is treating you as his children. For what children are not disciplined by their father? If you are not disciplined and everyone undergoes discipline, then you are not a legitimate, you're not legitimate, not true sons and daughters at all. It's part of that relationship with Jesus. Trust, obedience, and also correction, that when we stray off the path, a gentle touch by our Savior gets us back on track, or at least directs us on where we should go. Of course, the primary agent of our relationship is out of love, that he loves us so deeply, we've sung this morning, but it's also an element of correction. You would never tell your child, I love you, you do you, whatever you want, anytime, feel free, go for it. And our Father doesn't do that to us either. He's given us Jesus who gives us a yoke who allows us for trust, obedience, and correction. 
So let's jump in. Uh, verse 28, one at a time. Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. The call of Jesus is for the weary and the burdened. All, all, if you are here today and you are weary and you are burdened and you're sick and tired of being sick and tired, if you're feeling anxious and uncertain and alone, if tomorrow is unknown and you just like a little clarity, Jesus has a word for you. Come to me. You who are weary and burdened, come to me. He speaks to the neediness of each of us in our conditions. Tell you what, I like to think that I'm not a needy person. Maybe you're similar. I like to think I got this all figured out, under control, no worries, no problems. But Jesus says, hey, I know you. I know you because I'm not just fully God, I'm fully human. I know what it's like to be weary and human. Because I came down, I lived among you, I walked with you, Jesus says. I know that being human involves carrying burdens and being weary and tired and taking naps and needing rest. So come, come to me and I will give you rest. I will give you rest. Same word that's used in other parts of the New Testament as refreshed, rest and refreshment to come together in him. There's this old commercial from the 2000s. I'm going to go way back, maybe even the 90s. Anyone remember this commercial? You, one nod. Brisk, that's right, Lipton Brisk Iced Tea, claymation commercial. Remember this? No, nobody, no, one person. Okay, all right, there's a few people, okay. I watched a lot of TV as a child. This is a good place to start with this confession. Um, it was this claymation commercial with Rocky Balboa fighting somebody, I forget, and then Mickey, his, uh, his uh, ring uh, you know, coach, whatever they're called, he's there and he's getting beat up and he's looking terribly, looks miserable like this, and he hands him a, a, a brisk iced tea and he drinks this iced tea, and what does he say? That's brisk, baby. Yeah, he's like, yeah, this is refreshing, right? I can't remember a Bible verse to save my life. I can remember that's brisk, baby, from 20 years ago. And find the commercial at the drop of a hat. Isn't that amazing? I'm a hot mess. All right. He drinks this. It looks so refreshing, right? Sprite does a great job with their commercials. I don't even drink Sprite, but every time I see one of their commercials, I'm like, man, that's a refreshing drink. I should try some of that. I guess I sell easy to. I don't know. So good, so refreshing, so life-giving it looks. And here's Jesus, something even better than brisk iced tea and Sprite. He says, come to me if you are tired, if you're hurting, if you're longing for something better, for rest and refreshment, come to me. I am rest. I am shalom, peace. I am making all things new. And how does Jesus define coming to him? Verse 29. Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Oh, sorry, it's 28. 29. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and I have rest for your souls. Take my yoke upon you. I have a yoke, Jesus says, that needs to be put on you that will lead to refreshment and learning. Yokes in the Bible were oftentimes used in the language of slavery and oppression, God uses it to speak of the people in Exodus about bringing them up from the yoke of their slavery to the Egyptians. The people are often said to have yoked themselves to false gods. And in the time of the prophets, God says he will break the yoke from the nations that have bound them. When we get to the New Testament time, the rabbis said, hey, yoke, they reimagined it. Take on the yoke of the Torah, of the law, on you so that you can learn to follow Yahweh. Now here comes Jesus as a rabbi and reinterprets it once more. He says, I got a better yoke than all those things. It's not law. Take my yoke upon you and it will set you free. A paradox, an impossible idea to take a yoke and be set free. A yoke that by its definition 
binds you to something, and yet we are set free. Wearing Jesus' yoke leads us to learn from him, from his gentleness and his humility. He's not a caretaker who demands without giving rest. He's not one who continually works up his people to anger and fear. He loves us, and he calls us to love. Take my yoke upon me and learn, upon you and learn from me. So what does it mean to take Jesus' yoke? It involves learning, learning from him, listening to him, following him, reading his word, understanding, speaking to him, being in community with him. The caretaker wants to walk alongside us, and we learn as he leans into us and guides us where we need to go. Now, this is interesting. I read a lot of commentaries. I read two different commentaries, very distinct interpretations of this passage, very different. And I want to bring both of them to you now because I love them both. They both had great different ideas about this, and maybe one of them will speak to you and one of them will speak to others of you. One commentator said, when I read this passage, I envision a single yoke, like a one single yoke that Jesus is putting this yoke on me and walking alongside me as a caretaker. And I listen to his voice and I feel his touch and I make it through life in that way. There's a certain comfort to be felt by being yoked by Jesus as he walks alongside you as your caretaker and leads you. And maybe that's you this morning. Maybe that's the image that strikes you. But another commentator said, when I read this passage, I envision a double yoke. It's not Jesus putting the yoke on me. It's me coming alongside Jesus who is carrying the weight of my burden with me. He yokes himself with me, the the stronger leading the weaker, so that we can walk together in this life. There's a certain comfort to be felt that Jesus invites you to wear a double yoke, and he gives you rest by carrying the load with you. He's in there with you, the stronger leading the weaker. I think both those interpretations are beautiful in their own way. If you come from a place of being forced to try hard, to do more, to do better, perfection is all that matters, well, there's comfort in the caretaker who yokes you and says, here's a better way. Come listen to my voice, feel my touch. If you come from a place of oppression, of injustice, of addiction, of hurt that keeps weighing on you, of inescapable pain, there's comfort in one who says, I'm going to carry this yoke with you. Come yoke us alongside me. We're going to do this together. But wherever you find yourself, the promise is the same. There is rest from the burdens and weariness of life. There is rest. He knows what we need. and He gives it to us. I'm assuming a lot of us, have you seen those commercials and those billboards, He Gets Us? Have you seen those on TV? It's pretty clever. If you haven't seen it, look it up. It's this viral marketing campaign about Jesus. It's really raw. It's really gritty. I really like it. It's beautiful because the whole point is that wherever you are in life, He gets us. Jesus gets us. He knows because He walked among us. He was fully human among us. He faced those burdens. He faced those struggles. He knows what it is to carry these things, and he's offering you rest, not from a place of high above, saying, oh, this will be good for you, but from a place alongside us, saying, here is rest. I'm giving it to you. Come, take my yoke upon you. It is easy. It is light. I will give you rest. And lastly, he says this, my yoke is easy. My burden is light. What I'm going to give you, it does not weigh you down. It is easy. Another, uh, a few commentators said another way to translate this is, my yoke is well-fitting. It fits well right on you. I've designed it for you. I, I don't know if any men or women, if you've ever been fitted for a suit before. Right? Uh, when, before I graduated from seminary, I would just kind of like go to Goodwill, whatever, grab a jacket that kind of fit me. And I have size 50 shoulders. I have these huge shoulders, which is awesome. But anyway, um, <laughs> so I can never find anything that fits me, right? I was a 50 waist, apparently, sometimes, but that's a whole other story. So I can never find anything that fits me. 
And so when I graduated, my parents said, I want to, we want to buy you a nice suit. You're going to be a pastor and all that. So, hey, cool, okay, cool. They measure you out, right? And you get fitted, and you're like, oh, man, you put on that suit that first time? That feels good. You got a nice fitted suit. I feel like a million bucks. Now, I don't want to compare a suit to a yoke, but there's something about something that fits you properly. You wear it, and you're like, ah, this, this, was, this was for me. This had me in mind when this was made. He says, my, my yoke is well-fitting for you. I have you in mind with what I'm asking you to carry. This isn't something that's too heavy for you. This isn't something that's going to overwhelm you, that's going to drag you down. I have you in mind. I'm thinking of you. It's a well-fitting yoke that fits you, designed for you, that fulfills the callings and purposes that I have for you. My yoke is easy because it's designed for you. So lastly, we see this, this to take Jesus' yoke involves fulfillment. Fulfilling, wearing this well-fitting yoke. And we're fulfilled as what we do follows Jesus. The reality is we're all yoked to something. Our jobs can yoke us. Our struggles yoke us. Our troubles yoke us. To live life is to be yoked to something. And Jesus says, I'm giving you a better yoke. I'm giving you a better yoke. My yoke is easy. My burden is light. It's well-fitting. It's designed for you. Life together with Jesus is a yoked life. Yoked with him. And it's a, at times, imperfect life where we take the yoke and then we give it back and say, I'm good, and we take it and we give it back, and we go back and forth in this relationship, submitting, learning, facing correction, trusting, obeying, and being fulfilled. It's a fulfilled life, a life that gives us rest. So this morning, as we, as we close here, consider this impossible illustration of this yoke that Jesus says, hey, uh, I know there's things that weigh us down. I know you're fearing, feeling weary and burdened. Well, come to me. I got something better for you because I know you. I get you. I'm with you. I walk with you. I've walked the same roads that you have. And I'm offering you something better. Take off that old yoke. Put on my yoke. It is designed for you. Learn from me. Listen to my voice. Hear my touch. Understand where I want you to go. And find rest in me this morning. Let me pray. Lord, we thank you oh, for this passage and all its weirdness and strangeness and who knows, Lord. You say, take my yoke, it is easy. My burden is light. And the only way to experience that is that we do it. So Lord, help us this morning, help me this morning to do that. To take your yoke upon me, not just for the big things in life, but for the little things, the day-to-day things be obedient, to accept correction, to learn at your feet, to give up all anxiety to you, to receive something well-fitting designed for each of us, and to carry that with each other. We thank you in your great mercy of how you love us and care for us, and that you get us, that you've been with us, you walked in our ground, in our ground. You are our brother and our Savior, and we give you all the glory. In Jesus' name, amen.